our mission is to help others live their best lives, learning from each other, sharing our journeys together, growing, adapting, and constantly striving for better. This is the Pursuit of Relentless podcast. My name is Elena Chisholm. Let's connect. Welcome to the Pursuit of Relentless podcast. Today, we have Mr. Choose Love himself, Shadon Elkashif. I'm super excited. We met on Arate. He's been in the group for a while now, and man, I've learned so much. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me on. I'm excited to uh, share my concept of always choose love and hopefully spread some love to the people that are listening to this. Yeah. So... We've been talking a little bit about mental fitness, and that's what Shadon focuses on primarily is just teaching people how to work on their minds. And the last week has been absolute chaos, and I think it's the most important time right now to focus on our mindsets and focus on what energy we're putting into the world. Yeah, I believe, I believe it's super important. And right now, uh, as we've discussed uh, just before we started the podcast, there's kind of uh, a lower frequency in the world and a lot of people are fearing the future and i think it's important to talk about mental health and how to actually exercise your mind because everyone knows about exercising your body but your mind is just as important Mm -hmm. so what would you suggest that people are focused on so i have something called the m2 framework and essentially it is mindfulness and mindset so i'm not sure if people are familiar with tom bilyeu Yep. There's a book that's called, it's essentially that, it's called Mindset by Carol Dweck, but it's called Mindset. And there's two different types of mindsets. There's a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. And what I've discovered, so just a little bit of background about my history and why I got into this development, this essentially brand of mental fitness and mental health and helping people with their mental health is because in 2015, Plus in 2017, I developed depression and you know how they say depression is because you are focused too far in the future or you're regretting about things in the past. Mm -hmm. So that's the, that's the saying about depression. And when you're kind of having anxiety and all the anxiety and fear going on right now about the future, I think that stems from the fixed mindset. So the fixed mindset essentially is saying that People don't feel that they're in control and they feel like their their destiny is up to something outside of them. So that's kind of part of it. That's my interpretation of the fixed mindset. And they believe that, for instance, their intelligence, this is actually from the book, their intelligence is fixed, but people with a growth mindset understand that intelligence can be modified and improved when you work hard and you put in the effort. So when I developed anxiety, depression, I kind of blamed other things, other circumstances for my situation when in actuality, it was all my fault. And if you take responsibility that it's all your fault, then you have power, you have control over your circumstances. So a lot of people right now, uh, so you're in the financial industry, right? Services industry. And a lot of people right now are having issues with uh, paying even rent, paying mortgage because they don't have savings. So if you really think about it, you can either blame this virus that I don't want to mention, or you can take the approach that it's all your fault because if you really think about it, 
most people that are in financial hardships right now because of what's going on in the world, it's because they didn't plan ahead and they could have actually done something about it. It's not the actual outside circumstances that made them that way. It's their habits, their rituals, their financial habits. Your habits don't change whether you're a millionaire or you make 40,000 a year. Your money habits are going to be your money habits. And essentially, that's what the issue with a lot of people is, that they don't believe that they can change their circumstances and that everything's fixed. Right. Money is a tool. So if you understand that money is a tool and use it for good things, then you're unstoppable. But if you're taking control of the money situation and then you're not doing good things with it, it'll come back to bite you in the butt. Like if you're making good money, you need to be contributing to investments. Like you have to put it away. You have to save it. You have to focus on the fact that one day you're going to need that money and it's going to be more than you need it today. (laughs) You know, I see so many people that are struggling and I'm like, financial independence is a decision. It's not a dream. Like we can't just sit here and go, Oh, I hope to be wealthy or I hope to have all this stuff. (laughs) If you don't plan for it, it's not going to happen. This, this is the truth. And a perfect example of uh, the money thing is Mike Tyson. So there's even Mike Tyson, there's a lot of NBA players and these athletes who made like over a million, like a lot of money essentially. And they all lost it Yeah, because they didn't learn about financial literacy and a lot of it. So what I talk about with my mental fitness. So right now there's a book called uh, the end of mental fitness, this very renowned psychologist. And he's saying that a lot of things that are mental health related are actually brain related, mm. but it's a whole systemic type of thing. So one book that I'm rereading, it's called the psycho cybernetics and it talks about the self and your identity. Yeah. So a lot of people, they grow up poor and they have this identity. And if you read the book, it talks about uh, salesmen from the 1960s that make $5,000 a year, even if they put them in, for instance, an area where they, uh, We'll be able to make more money because the people like the prospects are better. They still make only 5,000. And then if they put them in an area where it's harder to make that 5,000 commission for the year, they end up making it. So mental health is kind of, it's very, uh, it's very complex, but the two things that are crucial in my opinion, and what I've researched and my own personal experience is mindset. So having the growth mindset and then mindfulness, I think mindfulness is the key to a lot of things. And do you mean like awareness from that? The awareness to understand what's going on and where you're at and all that kind of stuff? For sure. For me, mindfulness is about my concept of always choose love. So we always have a choice. So with our money, we always have a choice. With the decisions that we make, we always have a choice. So if you're struggling with fear and anxiety and depression, you have a choice to shift your focus onto something else. Mm -hmm. So right now, for me, coaching and consulting, business is slow. I can choose to focus on the fact that it's slow, or I can make a choice to look at alternative solutions, alternative ways for me to help people. Mm -hmm. So everything's a choice. I can be scared of what's going to happen in the economy. I can be scared of what's what's really happening with this coronavirus, or I can take the mindset that I'm in control of my thoughts. So always choose love. It's about 
choosing the thoughts and actions that are going to make you happy in the long term and that are going to lead to your long term success. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, with money, a lot of people, they get money and then they spend it, which is short term happiness. Right. That's because they're told that money's hard to make and um, money doesn't equal happiness and all of these BS things that we're told when we're younger. And it's literally just like, oh, this is now your view on money. Oh, I'm bad with money. Or I don't understand money. People are saying that to themselves, but they're not doing anything about it. And I'm like, well, how do you expect to better your situation if you won't even get any education on it? (laughs) You know, if you want to learn something, go research it. Everything's out there. You just got to find it. Yeah, it's it's interesting because uh, (laughs) so there's a quote, I forget who it's by, but I believe it's in that book, uh, Tools of Titans. Cool. The quote goes along the lines of, uh, if more information was the key, everybody would have six-pack abs and would be millionaires. Right. Right? It's not necessarily about more information. And if you look at the personal development world, and Ed Milet talks a lot about this, he talks about the belief, right? The identity. So as I mentioned earlier, people... People aren't aware of this. That's why awareness and mindfulness is so key. People aren't aware that when you're, I believe it's from zero to six, but some research says from zero to up to 11 years old is when you, your beliefs around money, um, even right now in the world. Yeah. So right now you are dictating if you have kids, if you're listening, if you have kids right now, you are dictating how your kids are going to respond to stress and external pressures by the way you're responding to what's going on around the world right now. Yeah. Because kids learn by observation and they make, they're essentially what they call mini making machines and they, they make meanings out of things when they're young. So for adults that want to shift all this money narrative, want to shift things in their life, they have to work on their mindset and they have to become mindful of their beliefs, right. And make different choices than their parents made because we're essentially like, uh, what's the word? We're replicas of our parents, their beliefs and all of that. That's why it's important to become aware of your parents' negatives, not per, per, not negatives per se, but their things that they haven't maybe become aware of. And then you can change that like narrative for your kids or even for your nieces and nephews, right? Because they observe you and they're learning from you. Yeah. Well, the way that I heard it one time that really stuck with me is we are our parents 2.0 version. So if we look at ourselves as a machine, that's been like a computer system, for example, they've programmed what they know into us so that we can survive. Right. But that's as far as it goes. And then you look back at your parents and you're like, where did they stop the growth process or are they still continuing to grow? Do they read books? Do they, you know what I mean? Are they doing personal development or are they stagnant? Are they stuck where they're at? And you really kind of step back for a minute and just go, oh, like my parents yeah. are still way younger than the age that they are because that's when they decided to stop growing, for example. And I'm not yeah. saying that about my parents in general, just most parents have a set way of doing things. And it's like, this is how I do things and I'm not willing to change it. And I'm like, well, the world's adapting, the world's growing, the world's changing. 
that's why, especially in the financial industry, typical financial advisor in Canada is 65 years old. And I'm like, dude, they don't know what's happening now. Like, they, you know, like everything's changed since they first learned. And are they continuing to learn? Yes. But at the same time, are they adapting the same way as the market? Who knows? Right. So I love that we're injecting younger blood into the markets type thing because it's changing and it's adapting and it's growing so fast and so massive that everyone needs to know what's happening. And there's so much lack of care out there right now. Like so many people just don't care. They just are told, oh, I'm bad with money or they see their parents struggling with money and they think that's normal. It's not normal, guys. Neither is keeping up with the Joneses. I love this saying. Oh my goodness. Write this (laughs) down. Don't try and keep up with the Joneses because the Joneses are broke too. Right? Who are the Joneses? That's my question. The people that you put on a pedestal and go, oh, I wish I had their life. Like when it comes to like you're saying 60, they're 65 years and older, like people who are giving out financial advice. Yeah. So the funny thing is that it's important for people to realize like right now, I heard somewhere that like in the next hundred years, our evolution or advancements in technology and everything is gonna, it's gonna exponentially go super, super fast. Because if you think about cell phones, right? Yeah. They came out not too long ago. And look how much technology we have right now. Like, look at the rate of exponential growth with technology and like virtual reality is a thing now and like everything you see. So it's very important for people. That's why the growth mindset is so key because you need to adapt. Like right now, businesses need to adapt. People need to, people are adapting right now on the fly with their finances, um, with work and the way we interact with people. Like we're doing this over Zoom, right? Before you would have to go into a studio, record, like you need to adapt. And I just learned something about something called CRISPR technology. It's a powerful tool for editing genomes, right? It's allowing you to alter like DNA sequences to correct genetic deficits, treat and prevent the spread of disease. You wouldn't imagine like this would be possible like five, 10 years ago. So it's important for people to have this mindset that they need to grow because they're in control. And I believe a lot of mental health and issues are happening right now. It's due to technology because we're having different challenges that are presented to us in the world and we need to learn to adapt. But if we play victim, which is what the fixed mindset is about, you're playing victim, you're thinking you're not in control. So if you play victim, you're never going to be able to keep up with the rapid rate of change in today's society. Yeah. I think the fixed mindset is the biggest problem that I used to have. I used to be like, oh, this is who I am. I'm overweight. I'm miserable. I, you know, Mm -hmm. I hate my job. I don't want to do this. And that was just how I was living my life. And I'm like, no wonder I was so depressed, (laughs) you know, like no wonder I hated my life because that's what I was constantly telling myself. And then when I was like, oh, Elena, you're in control of all of this. Like you actually make all these decisions for yourself. So what am I willing to change or what am I willing to give up in order to have the life that I actually want? And then, yeah, sometimes changes are terrifying. Thankfully, mine wasn't too big of a dramatic push because Kyle got on with Syncrude. We doubled our income. Um, He's like, quit your job, go full time with your business. And I was like, okay, cool. And now it's growing and it's building. And I'm so grateful that I can work from home right now and I have the freedom of time and I can do whatever I want. Like, 
Yeah. At the same time, I'm still pushing. I'm still doing podcasts. I still have four more appointments tonight. You know what I mean? And I'm like, I'm not going to let this stop me. And that's why I'm yeah. going to win. But one of the key things, I believe, the reason that you're happy is because you're pushing. Yes. When you don't push, you're not, you're not like satisfied. I know that it's not my identity. I know I'm betraying my identity when I'm not pushing myself because I know what I'm capable of and I know how much I can handle. And then when I go, oh, I'm not necessarily executing at the level that I want to say, I'm not working out every day or I'm not eating clean every day. You know what I mean? That's not in alignment with my new identity, right? And I am a different person than I was five years ago, completely different person. So I've reestablished my identity. I've adapted, I've grown, I've just become the person that I know I was born to be. People have to just go for it sometimes and just go, hey, this is going to be hard. It's going to be inspiring to the people around us because sometimes we're going to do a lot of the stuff that we don't want to do, like going for a walk in minus 45 and still failing the challenge. But guess what? That's fine because I grew anyways. No one else is walking at minus 45. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's, I believe one of the biggest things, it's, it's proof like society is showing it right now. Fear cripples a lot of people from inaction and it makes them unhappy because in their heart. So for me, I know most of us know, like, I don't believe that we need to like, we need other people to tell us what to do. I believe that like our guiding system is our instinct is like our heart. Your heart tells you what to do. Yeah. Right. And fear holds people back from doing what they know in their heart they need to do. So even for me right now, I'll use a personal example, right? For me, like money-wise, I'm very well aware of my money habits. And because of that mindfulness, I'm able to essentially take responsibility for my financial situation, right? I'm essentially able to change because if you're not aware, right? Awareness is the key, in my opinion, because change can't happen in a vacuum that's void of awareness, right? Right. If you're not aware, it's like like ignorance is bliss. It's a beautiful thing, but like if you're if you become awake and aware of like, for instance, if your toe hurts, right? If you're not aware of it, it's not going to hurt, right? If you're paraplegic, right. you're not going to feel it. So it's the same thing. If people aren't like aware, for instance, for money, um, if they're not aware that uh, they have debt, then they're just going to live their life. But if they're aware they have debt, that's going to be painful. So I think it's key for people to be become aware of their thoughts, become aware of what's going on in their life, and become aware that they're actually in control. Because if you're not aware, you're going to suffer psychologically because you're going to live, you're going to kind of live in in like this kind of neutral place where you know in your heart instinctively you're like I should be doing more and why aren't you doing more yeah they're living in kind of an autopilot and then like I said earlier how about technology creates all these issues they're living in autopilot and then they look at all these other people they're like why do they have like way more than I do because the people that are aware they take control and they change the circumstances of yeah. their life that they want to change. And that's the key. If you're aware, and as you said, if you're aware that you are capable of more, then you can begin to achieve more, whether that's relationships, uh, finances, 
uh, your body, right? Because you said you were very overweight before. Mm-hmm. And then when you became like, you shed that identity, right? I think that's one of the biggest things. Even my study of psychology, um, this to a lot of Tom Bilyeu, they talk about how the self and the identity is the key to changing a lot of things. Because as we discussed earlier, people think, oh, I'm just this way because my parents were this way. And I think the data proves it. Um, most people, they end up in the same ec- uh, social economic uh, status as their parents. And I believe it, it stems from that identity. Yeah, I agree. I think if you can establish who you want to be as a person and treat it like a movie. And I have implemented that a couple times into my life where I'm like, this is just too good to be true. And I'm like, I'm playing the game of life. I am running this movie script in my head. Like what's the next steps? What's happening? What's the climax? What's the lesson learned? You know what I mean? Who are the characters? Am I limiting my associations with certain people? Because I'm like, nah, you're just taxi driver number two, right? Or you're just um, (laughs) the person that I have to talk to on the phone at that time. Is it going to actually have that person as a role in my life or a piece of the story and what part of it are they going to establish, right? Am I helping them? Are they helping me? Am I learning something from them? Are they learning something from me? How can I better their life? How can I help them fix their mindset so that they're on the growth path as well? And a lot of the time I find that all I have to do is talk to people like legit, just be like, Hey, you're a great human. I just want to be your friend. And people think I'm crazy and that's okay. <laughs> you know, like, I don't really, care. Yeah. you don't like me, whatever. I dropped that approval addiction a long time ago. People are like, oh my goodness, you're not afraid to make phone calls and have people tell you no. I'm like, well, who's going to take the no, me or my family? There's 7 billion people in the world and more than half of them are probably not going to like you. So I'm super okay with that. Yeah, it is what it is. But back to that point about uh, just for people. So I'm pretty sure most people know who Beyonce is, right? Oh, yeah. And in terms of changing your self-identity, in terms of like, say, getting out of depression, getting out of anxiety, becoming someone who's fearless in today's society, and because we're talking about what's happening right now in the world, this pandemic that's going on, to become fearless, to become a person who essentially is different than you are right now, if you become aware and you want to change, Here's a tip that you can use. Two things. Andy Frisella talks about doing hard things is what's going to make you happy. So when you do hard things, you're essentially programming yourself to be a different person. Because if you're someone who was scared of doing hard things and you do hard things, you become a different person. Totally. And the reason I mentioned the reason I mentioned Beyonce is this. You guys probably, if you're listening, you know who Sasha Fierce is. So for those that don't know who Sasha Fierce is, Beyonce used to be a gospel singer, correct? Yeah. So when she started, uh, when her dad put her in with, I forget who it was. Can you remind me? I don't remember who that group is. Anyways, so she started doing all these provocative dancing and singing when she was a gospel singer and she felt uncomfortable. So she created an alter ego. So she became Sasha Fierce. So Sasha Fierce wasn't Beyonce, wasn't the gospel singer. She was a provocative person who essentially perform those, those songs that weren't really sung in church and all this stuff. So the point I'm trying to make is if you want to be a different person, you can actually create an alter ego yeah. and not alter ego acts differently, right? Remember how I totally. said, always choose love. Mm-hmm. Always choose love is about 
choosing the thoughts and then the actions that are going to lead to your long-term happiness and your long-term goals. So say right now people are struggling financially. You can create an alter ego and then act as that alter ego would act. Right. Yeah. If you step back and think about where you are in life right now, you are the product of what you have thought. Yep. I agree. We're all movie characters, really. Like we're just going through life and we're the ones who are making our life story. And it's like, okay, what are people going to remember me by? Or what impact am I going to leave on the world? Or are people even going to care or know anything about me? Like, are my great-grandchildren going to know my name? You know what I mean? That's what I want to know. Exactly. It depends on fear. If you're scared, you're not going to create a legacy. That's that's the biggest thing that I've realized. Because always choose love. It's, a, it's always a battle between love and fear. Yeah. Do you think that people should be communicating more in times like this? So that if they are feeling down, they're gathering energy from other people that are maybe a little more high energy. Yeah, this is a hundred percent. And this, so there's a blessing in everything. So what I say is if you're going through like mental struggles, adversity right now, um, depression, anxiety, whatever your like sort of adversity you're going through, there's always a lesson to be learned. I know it's super cliche, but if you actually do the work necessary to overcome it, you'll learn that lesson. And I believe that right now, people are going to realize, they're like, damn, people are important. And we're all like super connected. Yeah. And I think one of the biggest things is, I think relationships. People don't understand how important relationships are to your mental health. Because if you think evolutionary wise, we needed other people in order to stay alive. Literally. Yeah, we and we need them now even more than ever. But social media, as I said, and technology, it's actually created an issue where we're actually disconnected. Yeah, they're not living. They're literally just glued to their phone and you can't snap them out of it. It's like those, um, like on social media, there's some posts where it's like a person literally has like tunnel vision all the way to their phone and then can't see anything else that's going on around them. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing. But like, even for people listening, so to tell, to tell you how important human contact is, even touch. So I'm single, right. Um, unfortunately, but like people need to actually touch other people because for instance, when a baby's born, I'm pretty sure most people see on social media, it's like, Oh, why is the mom like, she's kind of like half naked and the baby's on her breast is because babies need that like human touch when they're born because it's super important. They need that. And as adults, you need it too, just in a different way. You need to look people in the eye. So one thing that I even learned about kind of controlling your anxiety and all of this stuff. So always choose love is about choosing the thoughts and actions that you choosing, like choosing where your attention is essentially it's about mindfulness, right? So I learned a concept called bear awareness in this book called The Mindful Athlete. And bear awareness is about noticing everything going on around you and then choosing where your focus goes. So right now in the media, there's all these stories about what's going on. So you can choose to turn off the media and you can choose to focus on something that's going to make you happy, right? So that's why mindfulness is so important because you have a choice of where your attention goes. Think about it. Like right now, me and you are having a conversation, right? 
I'm sure there's things in your life that you're going through. There's things in my life that I'm going through. But if you really, really focus on the moment, you just live in this moment right now. There's nothing that's going to harm us, right? No. We're safe. We're, we both have our water that we're drinking. I'm a little bit parched, but mm-hmm. like everything's fine. Everything's okay in this moment. And if people just learn to slow down and like, for instance, if you're listening to this, just do this. Just look at your hand for one second. And when you look at your hand, you'll realize that you are missing out on so much because you're not kind of slowing down and becoming aware of things going on around you. And even next time you look at a human being, if you look at a human being in the eye, you'll be amazed at like how much things you're actually missing out Mm -hmm. because you're not living in the present moment. And you're kind of thinking, for instance, if you're depressed, you're thinking about all the decisions you made in the past or you're fearing what's going to happen in the future. But if you take it back and bring it back to the present moment, you'll realize you'll be like, Oh my God, there's so much like amazing things. Like I was out today for my workout and I ran into a skunk, unfortunately. So that freaked me out a little bit when I'm like out on my workout and I'm paying attention to nature and looking around. I'm like, Oh my God, there's so much activity with all these animals. But if I'm not present and if I'm not focused and thinking about all this stuff, I'll miss out on that. So I invite people to look into mindfulness to look into meditation i know people think meditation is woo woo meditation is very helpful yeah Yeah, it's very helpful especially in times like these i agree i find that when i don't meditate or i don't focus on where i'm going or like what's happening i get really stressed out so i journal quite often maybe not every day but i do my best to journal every day and i do an accountability group And it really makes me reflect on where I'm at in my growth process. Like, hey, am I actually aligned with the goals and dreams that I have? Because the stuff that I track on a daily basis is going to help me get there. But there's one task that I like to do if I am feeling kind of down. I go out and, for instance, walk through a grocery store and just smile at people and look them in the eye. Almost every single time you'll get a smile back and someone will just be like, oh there's a nice person instead of people that are just like completely going through the day, just pouting and like grumpy or just say hello to people. They think you're crazy. It's really fun in the beginning. (laughs) Yeah. And they're like, what? And like I said, hi, it's such a beautiful thing. Like when I was out today, also when I went out for my second workout, um, there was an old man, like walked by and I was smiling. I smiled at him. He smiled at me and it's like, like it's simple things that can actually make you happy. Yeah. It's not all these grand things that people think will make you happy. I want to give one tip to people. Please. Um, if you struggle in the morning with like waking up, being anxious about the day, you can do something called consciousness journaling. So it's kind of like a brain dump. So when you wake up, you can essentially just write down every single thought that you have. I don't personally, I don't do this. I do my gratitude journaling. So I write down a mantra. I say, I am rich in possibility and abundant in resources. And then I write down three things I'm grateful for. And then uh, I essentially uh, write down a goal, like my big goal or like some of the goals that I have really, I just write down, be here now. And that's reminding me to be present. So when you do that, what you're doing, you're, you're essentially getting everything out of your subconscious so that during the day, it's not garbage in the back of your mind. Right. 
So you can do that in the morning to help clear everything. Because if you do gratitude journaling and then brain dumping in the morning, you're programming yourself to feel happy because you're thinking about positive stuff, right? Because it's about where your attention is instead of worrying about, oh, I have to get to work or I should have not done that yesterday, et cetera, et cetera. You're in the present moment and you're grateful for whatever it is that you wrote. And then the brain dump is getting rid of everything that might interrupt or make you not present during the day. So that's a tool that I learned from uh, reading, uh, I think it was Tim Ferriss talked about it. And then obviously Tony Robbins talks about uh, stream of consciousness journaling in the morning. So that's something I'd recommend people do. And obviously moving your body, things that kind of help you with feeling better. Most people know them, right? It's eating healthy, drinking your water. Relationships is a lot bigger than I originally thought. Mm -hmm. And then the last thing, which is important, people aren't aware of this, I don't think is gut health. So that's a whole other topic. I'm not an expert in it, but I eat plant-based. So my gut health is, I would say, better than most. Yeah. Cool. But <laughs> those are the main things that uh, that I'd recommend people to do is like actually turn your phone off and don't be like scrolling through your phone. Like I went to lunch uh, when I was in California and my friend, Andrew Seely, he was like, he's practicing this thing where he essentially doesn't talk while he's eating with the people at his table and he doesn't have his phone out. So that's being like, he's, he's a super, super present guy. That's being super present with even your food. So he's changing his relationship with his food where he's like, okay, guys, let's just sit, let's eat and be like, cause food is giving you energy, right? That's a form of like gratitude, being grateful right. for the food that you're eating. Because if everything's a living thing, that animal essentially sacrifice its life for you to eat. So it's about being grateful. And that's why you say your blessings, right? You say your blessings, say your prayers uh, before you eat. It's saying, thank you for giving me this food. So that's one thing that people can do is to be fully present is not to do multiple things at once. And that's what creates a lot of anxiety for people, in my opinions, and like phone notifications and all that, that is a whole other topic. But mindfulness and mindset are the two things that I'd recommend people look into if they want to improve their mental health, if they want to become stronger in uh, the times that we're in right now. Amazing. How can people get access to talk to you more if they want more information on what you're putting out into the world? Instagram and Facebook. It's my name, Shadin, S-H-A-D-I-N. Last name is E-L-K-A-S-H-E-E-F. And I actually wrote a book called The Belief Algorithm. And you can find that book on Amazon. And I'm actually, uh, actually, I'm going to make the ebook available for free if I can do that on Amazon. I'm not really sure, but I think uh, it's important for people to kind of uh, look at some of the concepts that I talk about in the book, right? Because I talk about like the importance of your belief system. I talk about all these uh, tools that you can use. And another thing, your environment is so important to your mental health. So examining your environment, and again, the relationships that you have, sometimes you have to kind of let them go, right? I agree. Well, this has been eye-opening for me, for sure. I really want to do some more focusing on the meditation side of things. So I would love to chat with you more about that. But yeah, thank you very much for today. I took so many notes and I will definitely put the link to your book and your profile in the uh, show notes. But yeah, have an awesome day. Thanks again for coming on. No worries. Thanks for having me. Talk to you later, bro. All right. 
mission is to help others live their best lives, learning from each other, sharing our journeys together, growing, adapting, and constantly striving for better. This is the Pursuit of Relentless podcast. My name is Elena Chisholm. Let's connect.